is calling me? Viper. Alright, I've been dodging him. He deserves an answer. Hey, Snake. What's up, man? No, that was a great showing at NAC. I'm sorry I haven't called you. Yep. This has been busy. I couldn't make it out to NAC. Um, and I, I apologize for not coaching you beforehand. No, 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 no. No, that was not your fault. You lost those games. That was on me. I think if I had made the time for you, we'd be holding up that trophy right now, you and me, right? Now, Hare's good. He's he's on it. He doesn't have your number. You're still the snake. You're still the goat. Yeah. Hidden cup. I, I don't think I can make it to hidden cup. I've got, I know I told you that I'd, I got other things going on. Your VIP box. I mean, I mean, if it's open, I'm not going to not go. I'll move some things around. I'll talk to my assistant. I'm, if you got a VIP box open, I'll, I'll come to hidden cup. Yep. It's in Florida though, right? Yeah. Okay. No, we'll be there. Listen, I want to play something for you. Nilly, Nilly had some comments about podcasts that I, I really thought were not chill. And I just want to play, I want to play something for you and you tell me what you think. Yeah. No, don't worry about the music in the background. That's, um, it's my headphones. Yep. Yeah. No, I'm not at a club. That's ridiculous. Why would I be at a club? No, I'm not. Uh, I, I know hair is at the club. I saw that on Twitter. I'm not out with hair right now. I promise. I'm, I'm telling you, if you can't trust me, who can you trust? Yeah. Okay. Listen, here's, here's, quiet, quiet the music down. here's, here's what Nilly said. I want to hear your comments. Obviously like, for like why the podcast is so good because no one else does something of this quality, right? Why Hera's coaching is so good because like he, yeah, why is this podcast so good? Because no one's putting out this quality. And like, I'm I'm looking at you in this video. You didn't even flinch. Like, you didn't even come, like, ASAP Weekly. You and I were talking just the other day how it's the best podcast ever, best host, best content, right? No, 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 that's exactly what he was. I just played it for you. Okay. Like, we'll talk, we'll talk at Hidden Cup. I just... I need you in my corner. Uh-huh. I know GL is your team or whatever, but you can't you can't let that slide. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll talk to him. I'll talk if he's a hidden cup, I'll talk to him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, man. Hey, look. Uh I gotta go. This has been fun. But uh I'll get you a hidden cup. VIP box, okay? Yep. You're paying. You're no. You're paying. All right. All right. See you, man. This is uh, the biggest flex. <laughs> we have boxer safety. Good reaction by boxer. Here's the right move from Boxer. In Boxer's favor. Boxer safe. 
Uh, we've got a douche town center scenario. Oh my goodness, I just saw it. This uh, is the biggest flex <laughs> in the decider of a show match. Gonna get CJ with the Castle Age douche. Boxer safe. Boxer. Boxer safe. Boxer. Boxer safe. We have the biggest flex, 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 flex. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Podcast with Boxer Saint. Uh, little known fact, this podcast does not air weekly. You know, I don't know if you guys noticed, it doesn't it doesn't do that. But it does always air with Boxer Saint and occasionally friends. And when I can't bring on friends, that's right, I bring on Duke Canada. Duke, welcome back to the podcast. Hi. I'm uh, delighted to be back by by force, I guess. It's good to have you. Duke. Yeah, yeah, it's good to be here. I I didn't call the police, if that's what you're wondering. You, you call them Mounties in Canada, don't you? Anyway, do you you don't have uh, police, you have Mounties. Yeah, something something like that. Yeah, they'll be, they'll be here. They're just the horse is stuck in the snow, so just the horse it. guys. Do Speaking of Canada, I brought you on because of your Canadiosity. And I also want to get down the brass tacks. Is Hera the new goat? He's Canadian, right? More or less. Hera, I think, undisputedly, is the number one player in the world right now. But I think there's a difference between being called number one and being the goat. Elaborate. How do you feel? Elaborate on that. The number one player in the world would be the player getting the best results consistently at the current time. That's how I would define it, right? The person putting up the most points in basketball over the past year would be the number one player. You know, the player scoring the most goals in soccer uh, would be the number one player. And the player who's won the most S-tier tournaments in Age of Empires in the last year uh, should probably be called the number one player, and and that's Hera. So uh, we're very glad to have him here in Canada, even though he left us for Argentina, but we still claim him. But for you, Vipers yeah. a goat. For me, the Vipers, the goat. And I I did a little looking. Uh, I looked up the results for Viper and for Hera. Over his career, the Viper has 25 first-place finishes in S-tier tournaments, whether those are team game or 1v1. Hera has 12. So, you know, apples to apples, Viper still has the better results over the course of his career. Even and though for me, yeah, we just saw Nilly's Apartment Cup and Hera 5-0'd the snake. Yeah, well, look, Michael Jordan didn't win every game of his career. But he won every championship. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, for me, Harris still has a ways to go. If he can keep this up for the next two or three years, if he gets more points on the board, then I think he's in the GOAT conversation. You also have to remember that the frequency of the tournaments 
is a lot higher now than it was during Viper's Peak. During Viper's Peak, you might get one big tournament every year, if you're lucky. Uh, right now, there's four or five, maybe more if you count team games. So, um, Hera's going to have to keep his dominance for as long or longer than than Viper kept his. And uh, think, I think that's the difference. Do you think you're obviously much older than me and you've been tracking <laughs> Age of Empires longer than I have? Yeah, that's do you think the case. Viper was ever this dominant? Like I assuming... think Viper was more dominant than Hera is now. I think the delta between Viper and the number two back in 2018 was bigger than the delta between Hera and the number two right now. Uh, so uh, I don't... I guess that I wasn't watching back then, but I've looked back and, and looked at how those sets have gone. I've I've watched old replays and Viper was a cut above. And I think uh, what's happened over the last three, four years is that people have learned from the Viper. They've adopted his strategies and his way of thinking about the game. So naturally, they've closed that gap. And I think as people learn from Hera and they pick up on what he's doing, they will close that gap and he won't be as dominant. And the I'm question is, at, how long can Hera run ahead of them? I'm just looking at Nag 5. And Hera finishes the Swiss stage in second place. Um, looks like he's tied in matches with Tato. They both were four and one in overall sets. Um, Hera just dropping one to Tato, which is probably what Tato got first. That puts both of them into the semifinals immediately. Hera 5-0's Viper there. Yo 5-2's Tato. And then Hera 5-2's Yo. So, like, in the actual playoffs, nobody took three games off Hera. That just seems very dominant. These aren't even yeah. fun tournaments to watch as Hera. Here's a question. There there was a point. You've watched the movie Gladiator, right? Yep. Okay, of course. good. More than um, once. It's kind of a prerequisite to be on this show. Yeah, uh, there's paperwork. In Gladiator, you probably see where I'm going. Maximus, Decimus, Meridius, just rocking people in the arena, just just cutting heads off, no problem. These are like five second fights. That's where I feel like Hera is right now. Five O Viper, five two Yo. You know we've got the tournament and the watchers, the viewers. We've all set aside hours for these tournaments. Hera's doing it in like an hour and 15 minutes, a full best of nine. Um, is he where Maximus is, where he's so dominant it's not entertaining? I think right now he's, yeah, he is. He's that guy, right? He's that dominant in the ring. Nobody can touch him for the moment. In 1v1 RM, Hera's the number one, man. He's undisputed. Nobody's even putting up a challenge. When you 5-0 the Viper, when you're, you know, winning the finals in a 5-2 set, not particularly competitive either, uh, I I don't think anyone can beat Hera right now. If he's if he sits down and he prepares for the tournament and he, he grinds as hard as he grinds, nobody can take a game or a set off the sky. 
Now that said, do you think he's working harder than anyone else? Or do you think it's a talent conversation? I, I, I do not believe in talent period. I'm a, I'm a devotee of Kobe Bryant. Kobe was amazing. Kobe was amazing because of his work ethic. He didn't have talent. He wasn't faster. He'll tell you, would tell you, rest in peace. You can find videos of Kobe saying he wasn't faster. He wasn't stronger. He didn't have natural talent, but he just worked harder. I do think Harrow works harder than anybody in the scene right now. Um, yeah. And I do agree with you. I yeah. think Viper's still the GOAT. But here's the next evolution of Hera. I do think Hera wants Hidden Cup. That's like the triple crown finale for Hera in AOE 2. Yeah. He wants that Hidden Cup. He wants that final victory. Then I think he needs to transition into where I think Viper has been in the past. There's been games and tournaments where Viper does something dumb. None of us understand it. Doesn't make any sense. Maybe he loses a game or comes close to losing the game. And we're like, what's this guy doing? I think he was hitting that next evolution of Maximus where he's playing to the crowd, making it entertaining, getting his win, but maybe not winning 5-0, winning 5-3, 5-4. You know, do you, do you see that happening with Hera? Do you think that would be useful? Well, you know, you can even see it. I guess the question is, why would someone do that? Why would you want to make a set more competitive or more interesting? And A, you know, you're probably trying to grow the scene. You have other objectives than winning the tournament. Uh, and B, maybe you get bored, right? Just grinding that hard and winning the game the same way every time. And you want you know, a more varied experience playing Age of Empires. So you start taking more risks, trying interesting strategies, you know, raising your name recognition. For all of Hera's dominance, he has, you know, half the YouTube subscribers of Viper, and he gets half the revenue from Twitch, I'm sure, because he only has half the viewers. Part of what Viper is doing now is, you know, finally reaping the rewards on his GOAT status and sort of monetizing it. And I think that's what we're going to start seeing from Hera as he wins, you know, Hidden Cup, like you mentioned, and maybe a couple other tournaments, he's going to start doing things in the interest of monetizing his success instead of just, you know, pure grinding to win. Um, so I, I do think he's going to move into that next stage. I don't know when we're going to see it. And, you know, go look at Viper's stream any day of the week. Any one of your viewers here, your listeners, I guess can turn to Twitch and, and look at what Viper's doing. He's playing campaigns. He's playing Nomad games or Black Forest or AI games. You know, he, he has really varied content. And Hera, still grinding 1v1 ladder until relatively recently. Yeah, so it shows. I think that's a it shows, the it shows in the 5-0 that Viper took. Um, yeah. Maybe if it was on Black Forest, he would have had a better chance. Yeah, I'm not I th- sure about that. I think Hera, he's winning like he is because he wants to be dominant and he wants to show his dominance. And that's one way to do it. I also think playing with the other guy, being in a finals, knowing you're that much better and dropping two or three games to make it interesting. How much more dominant is that? It's like, hey, I'm going to give this one to you just to make it look good. You know, and then 
and then he's going to knock him out in the final game. I think that's that takes some some cojones, as they would say, <laughs> south of the border. Um, and I mean, that's what I do. You know, if you follow me in the tournaments, which most of most people do, um, yeah. I'll I'll I toss a random I'll toss a random uh, sieve generation in there. I'm not going to pick all my sieves. I'll pick two or three. The rest will go random. Uh, and that's not just because I got the sieves that I want. I'll open with a random sieve just to mess with my opponent, and I'll win. That's when you're in their head, and that's where I think the evolution of Hera comes next. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm hoping he gets there sooner rather than later. Yeah. How will you feel that a Canadian will be the number one player in the world and the GOAT? You know, I think there's a sore lacking of USA age players. I don't want to say it's like a corrupt European system, but... You do know we're not in Europe, right? That's They teach that? You guys are the Europe of the West. I don't know if anybody's told you that. That's what we call you. That's what we call you down here. The Europe of the West. Yep. That's what uh, that's what Canada is. Okay. I'll I'll take that home. I'll take that back. We we did not know that. Yeah, you guys are welcome to join Europe if you want. We don't you don't have to be part of North America. They uh, they won't let us. Something about open borders with the US. I don't know. Can't imagine why they wouldn't want you as part of their group. Yeah. All right. Speaking yeah. of tournaments and how great I am at them, Duke, mm-hmm. you and I are involved in a sudden death tournament hosted by Mr. Fluffy Bunny, who streams out of Europe. There we go. Bringing it all together. Uh, tell me about your experience with the sudden death format. Of course, sudden death, you get one town center to start with like normal. You cannot add town centers. And if that town center goes down, you lose the game. Um, how's that format played out for you? How have you seen those games play out that maybe surprised you or you didn't think about on the front end? Sure. So it is a nicely organized tournament. I will say that they've got a number of divisions divided by ELO. There's five or six or seven people in each division. And uh, I think the format of the tournament is relatively interesting. Sudden Death is not a very popular format in Age of Empires. Um, Not a lot of people play it, precisely because you're taking so many pieces off the board. It's kind of like playing chess without the rooks. And you're missing the knights as well, maybe. Um, It's a different way of playing. It's a lot more aggressive. You're very focused on all-in type aggression. Uh, And in in that way, it's kind of been fun to examine the way you think about the game and and change it to meet the format. It's also taught me that there's different ways to think about the game when you're not so defensively oriented or economically oriented, when you just need to kill as fast as humanly possible. That said, I think it takes a lot of complexity off the board and that the format leaves a little bit lacking uh, because, you know, you could be winning a game, the opponent could have five villagers left, but if he gets, you know, a castle on your TC, you're, you're pretty much dead. doesn't matter. So, um, yeah, it, it kind of discourages you from thinking too far in the long term and strategizing too far ahead. 
uh, which is unfortunate because that's one of the best parts of Age of Empires. What do you think? Yeah, it definitely overvalues the individual villager more so than normal. So if you get hit with a raid, that one villager death is way more important because you can't just boom back. You don't have a second, third, fourth, fifth town center to add villagers. Um, same line of thought, maps where you can put docks down. Uh, I think we have Kawasan and... Is that it? Uh, no, Budapest. You can put and Budapest. Budapest. So Kawasan and Budapest, uh, you can add economy through the docks, and that's very important to take advantage of, even more so than in a normal game. Uh, Budapest, not so much because you have the second town center, so you have to destroy both town centers in Budapest to lose sudden death. Um, so you, the vills don't count as much, but uh, B Budapest about plays like normal. Just you got to protect those TCs. Uh, castle drops have been huge, like you said. It's a full-on aggression game. There's no wall and boom. There's no, like, trushes are good, men-at-arms. Anything where you can keep the opponent at their base. Um, I think long swords are surprisingly effective because you get a good mass and you can dive and take out mm -hmm. that TC pretty quick. Yeah, um, and, um, you know, mobility... In, in this format isn't as big of an issue, right? Because you're not, you don't have to scout the whole map. You you don't have to bounce between four or five or six locations to do damage to your enemy. You're just really focused on one spot. And the downside of units like pikes or long swords is that they're slow, they don't really move. Uh, same with elephants. But in sudden death, those those units have a little more utility because there's there's less room to travel or less need to travel. Especially so, uh, in my higher bracket. Stuke and I were not sorted into the same bracket. Yeah, we're, I, got, I got done dirty. We're two or three ELO apart, but they moved me up to the ELO with, uh, I mean, we're 1,500, 1,550 right now, and I'm playing with 18, 1,900 level players winning, but playing I, against them. I don't think they're 18 or 1900. I think I think that's some fake news. I'm pretty sure. You, you need to go check. Okay. But they're All much right. higher than uh, my ELO. Not a problem. But when you get to this higher level of competition, it's not only the Vils you have to protect, but it's your army. When they get an army lead on you, it's hard to yeah. recover. And it's hard it, to outproduce yeah. them because it's such a linear... It's a very linear game. You can see it coming, you know, for a mile if you get behind. Game's over. Yeah, I agree. I didn't um, know if it was the same way at the lower either levels or not. Well, at our one step lower division where I got put for no reasonable explanation, uh, it's been the same. It's if you fall behind by four or five military, it's been very hard to come back. Uh, if you fall behind by four or five bills, it's been very hard to come back. People have very creative strategies to address that, uh, mainly focusing on, on aggression to you know try to knock you off balance early. But in the end, I just, I think part of the beauty of any real-time strategy game is that you have multiple roads to victory. Right? There's many ways to play the game. There's many plays, 
you know, many ways to win. And um, when you take that away, it's it's just sort of less interesting for me. Yeah. I, I mean, just going back to why I'm in the higher bracket, I was introduced this week by Kev Jow, um, host of the Jow Match series, as a player who has uh, exactly what he said, the most wins of any player in the Jow Match series, which is not up for debate. That's just facts. Uh, I win with players over 100 plus higher ELO than me, than myself in a best of five right. or best of seven series. His words, not mine. Um, so, I mean, I get it. I'm I'm known a bit as a, a bit of a Kingslayer. They probably add a few hundred ELO to all my tournament entries. Um, I don't hate How it. How are you doing right now in your, uh, in your bracket? Tied for second. Tied uh, surprising, for second. Unsurprisingly. But yeah, tied for yeah. second. It's good showing. Well, you know, we'll see. Hopefully you make the finals. I'm sure you'll tell your viewers. Next yeah, week I mean. When you do your podcast. That's not what I'm here for. I'm here for the love of the game. It's not really about <laughs> the the massive amounts of trophies and, and the prize money. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even know if I've yeah. got room for another trophy, you, to be honest, but I could you, figure it out. You do have a lot of participation trophies. That's true. You, uh, uh, just, you certainly keep those. I'd, I'd send those to Canada uh, to people that are under-trophied. Uh, yeah, like Hera. Just your country in general. Not a lot of wins on world stages. Right. The Olympics, I don't know that I've ever even seen Canada in the Olympics. Uh, yeah, we, we show up to the Winter Olympics. That's more of our jam, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Duke, I apologize. I've lost track of our... Let's move on from Sudden Death. That was Sudden Death. Interesting tournament. Kind of linear in the format. Um, yeah. It's always good to give it a shot, though. I think the variation is nice, right? It's nice to try something different, you know, inject a different energy, and the organizing efforts of Mr. Fluffy Bunny and his admins has, has been really nice. Speaking of different formats, I want to close out the show with Hidden Cup. Because that's mm-hmm. we're in the midst of it right now. Um, we have the qualifying matches coming, I believe, as you and I record. I'm just looking at the at the charts here. Um, Hidden Cup is interesting for players that haven't seen it before. This is hosted by T90. Uh, all the final participants are hidden. They will be playing under fake names fake accounts. Um, they'll have consistent name so you can track, but they will all be named after different characters from the campaigns or something. Um, and the trick is throughout the tournament, T90 doesn't know who they are. We don't know who they are. And we're trying to guess who the players are based on their styles and their strategies. Um, and then they will play out through to the, the final round hidden. And, um, I don't know if there's any prizes or anything, if they trick T90. I don't, I don't think that's the deal, but uh, there is $10,000 on the line for first place. And I don't know how much it was for second, probably five or 6,000. Uh, so there's money on the line here. A lot of new faces. Now, during the qualifying rounds, you know who the players are. So we can watch them and we know who they are. 
Uh, there's a handful of players who are already invited to the tournament. They were in the last, um, was it just the top seven in the last Hidden Cup, which was back before T90 left for Facebook. Already in the tournament, ACCM, Leary, Doubt, Mr. Yo, Hera, the Viper, and Jordan. Not surprising list. Anybody surprising to you, Duke, that's not on that list? MBL is the big one for me. Uh, he was an absolute staple of the game, especially during the last uh, last Hidden Cup. Didn't make it through. Uh, I think on that list, there's a couple big names that uh, are maybe big now, but were not big during the last tournament. So uh, Tato is another one that I, mm -hmm. I thought would have been invited, but is not. So... Yeah, those are those are two notable names that I thought would be there, and I don't see them here now. Yeah, and they can both still qualify. As we set today, yep. I don't know when these qualifying matches happen, but they're best of sevens. Tato has to face Hart. Um, MBL has to beat Ganji. Ganji, who's been going on a on a roll. Beat Valesa. Beat Valesa. Valesa's out. Valesa has no chance to get into the tournament now. MBL beat Kapoch. Who also has no chance to get into the tournament. Um, yeah. Capacha actually was getting training from Hera today, which is kind of like, I don't know, Elon Musk training Bill Gates on software. It's like, <laughs> I just feel like it's redundant, but I'm glad he's out there trying to get better. Um, yeah, MBL versus Ganji. So one of those two will make it in. Uh, some lesser-known names. Barrels is playing Stark for a qualifying spot. And then yeah. Vinchester, we all know, is playing Mihai. Mihai knocked out Margugu, who has come onto the scene the last year or so. Um, they had a pretty tight... It was a 3-1 to set, but it was closer than 3-1, to really. What do you think of these relatively new players who are doing pretty well? Like Mihai, Margugu... Right, I, these guys are DE players, I think. DE, I mean, DE or DM. They, no, they. Uh, I believe, like, I might be wrong, but I believe Margugu only joined the Age of Empires scene after uh, DE came out. Uh, same with Mihai. So, relatively young guys, new to the game, haven't been around ten years like the Heras and Vipers of the world, and they're They're close to qualifying. Yeah, I like seeing new faces. Gives me encouragement that the game is growing. Uh, another face that's been dropped is Dogal. Dogal lost to Stark and will not yeah. be in. Uh, I've got some Dogal training videos that were very useful um, that he'll be out. I like the new names. There's a lot of them, even here in the finals, the final rounds. Um, mm -hmm. Interesting to note between Tato and Hart, Finchester, Mihai. Barrels Stark and Ganji MBO. Oh, and Sito and Sobek. Oh, and Sebastian and Baba yeah. Warum. There's a whole nother. I forgot about those folks. All a lot of new names there as well. Of those of that group, all the losers uh, play for three more qualifying spots in a second chance bracket. So, even though Tato's playing Hart. If Tato loses, 
Tattle has a chance to still qualify. So I like that they've got a second chance now that they're at this stage, but we have missed quite a few quality players. Um, yeah. If you think about it that way, functionally, what is it? One quarter of these players will not move through. So yeah. Maybe. Three out of three out of 12. Yeah. A quarter. Yeah. So, uh, you have really good odds if you if you reach the qualifying match, the best of seven, to reach the finals. And um, I think Hidden Cup is a really important tournament for Age of Empires. More than NAC, more than, you know, Masters of Arena or, or King of Arabia. King of Arabia, is that the mem one? Um, it, it's so important because it has widespread appeal. And it's marketed in a way by T90 that's very original and, and has a lot of passion behind it. Not that the others don't, but specifically the marketing for the event uh, is very, very creative and very, very detailed. And I think it brings in a lot of new players. Uh, so I hope that all the players that qualified put on a really good show. And remember that it's, it's not just a tournament, but it's, it's about showmanship and showing off a little and, and trying to interact with the viewers in a way that isn't common for most competitive tournaments. I will say T90 is grinding on the casting. Uh, you'll hear him talk. He'll wake up, mm -hmm. have his coffee, watch the first set of, uh, of two players, and then he'll jump in on game two and start casting from that point and finish out the set. Uh, and then in the middle of that, he's getting updates about other sets and he'll jump over and cast those as well. He hasn't yeah. cast every set, obviously. There's been a lot of these, but I do believe he's casting all the qualifiers. Um, so he's putting a lot of work into it. Duke, are you Even looking at the? Things. Are you looking at the, the, brackets? I am. Of the players in the qualifying matches, and we're going to exclude Tato. Who do you think has the best chance, from what you've seen, of making a run, a deep run, in the tournament? Maybe exclude Tato, maybe exclude Vinchester, and maybe exclude NBL. Those are known quantities, and they always Hark. have a shot. Hark, Hark is such a dark horse. Huge yeah. dark horse. Two years ago, I don't think he's a big name. Or maybe on Arabia-type maps, he, he's pretty good. But he has exploded uh, lately. Amazing results. He qualified for NEC, which is huge. He's made some deep runs before. Uh, I think in that Arabia tournament, he 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 did get a top four finish, I believe. So I I would expect him to do quite well. Selfishly, I want to see one of the French players do well. I've been loving this squad, um, the Margugus, Sitos, uh, Babarams of the world. I believe they train together. They have a really fun style that's kind of been nerfed a little bit unintentionally because of the pathing issues. Uh, they're big archer aggression sort of players. And uh, I'd love to see Sito make a deep run. Uh, I'd love to see Baba Rum make a, a big run. He's kind of a new player as well. If he qualifies, I'd, I'd love to see how far he goes. Baba Rum's had so. some good games, and I've not really heard of Baba Rum before this tournament. Obviously, Sito uh, has been well, pretty popular the last year. Baba Ram has had some big upsets, right? So he beat Nikov 3-2. Uh, 
That was huge. That's Nikov another big, yeah, another big name qualify, player. Right? Another big name player we've lost is Nikov. Yeah. Then he beat uh, Kingston or Kingstone. I don't know how he says his name, but he was a big name last year and the year before. Some really deep runs. And now he's uh, he's up against Sebastian, who beat freaking Andy, who obviously qualified for NAC. So, uh, yeah, I would love to see him go through. And I think this French squad has a lot going for them right now. There's something in the water. Well, I think they're getting that work done. They uh, A lot of water purification going on in France. Yeah. Why do you think Hidden Cup is so special for this community as opposed to any other tournament? Why are people so hyped about it? I feel like it's unique in the format and the style. I don't I haven't heard of anything like that in uh in StarCraft or in Age of Empires 4. You don't see that in professional sports, you know. LeBron James isn't playing with a bag over his head and his jersey taped, so you can't tell who he is. Um this is a very unique event, and it does take a lot of manpower, a lot of organizing. I believe uh, T90's admins have to create all of these fake accounts and get them to the right players, and then yeah. the players have to kind of keep quiet themselves because they also get like this veil of, you know, they're hidden. It's hidden cup, so they don't know who they're going up against, and their opponent doesn't know who they are. They can kind of hide their strategies and and do whatever. Um, it's very, it's just a very unique, unique approach. I don't know that they all like the hidden cup format. I know our friend Cap Jow, who I mentioned earlier, uh, who was saying how amazing I am. He had a hidden holiday cup that he ran with T90's blessing, where he got some lower elo, 11, 1200 players. Uh, Gave them fake accounts and hid their... I think you helped with that, didn't you? Do You did all the organizing yep, for that. Yep, I was an admin on that tournament. It's a huge amount of work. So to all the admins on uh, on T90's tournament listening to this, we appreciate you. But I know from um, the player perspective, the players kind of don't like it because they don't know how to prepare for their opponent. Yeah, that's so just it. Goes, it's, it cuts both ways. It's in theory less competitive, right? If I know I have a specific opponent in the tournament, I might look them up. I might see what they're what they've been practicing. I might ask around, and I might prepare for that. Right? Um, in many ways, you can't play the player in Hidden Cup. And for those that don't know, uh, the players don't know who each other are, and T90 has no idea who any of the characters are. You know, he just sees uh, a matchup between I don't know Buddy the Elf and Santa Claus. And uh, he has to guess who the players are. So, um, of course, that those are not the actual personas he uses. But that's part of the charm of the tournament for me, that the host doesn't know who it is. We don't have insider information. And I can understand why, from a player's perspective, that would be annoying. But from a, um, a viewer's perspective, it's it's crazy engaging. Because... Half the fun is like tuning in game after game to see if your thesis was right, to see if you were right, right? Or to see if you see something that might tip off that this player is Hera or this player is the Viper or this player is MBL. Being right is part of the adrenaline of the tournament, which is really fun. I wonder if 
I hadn't thought about this before. If you're a Sebastian or a, uh, a Borum, you're coming into this tournament for the first time, you qualify. This is one of your first big tournaments you're in. I wonder if it's better for you or better for Hera that you don't know each other. Because for Hera, he comes in with some prestige and some intimidation that, oh man, I got I got a set versus Hera. And people are nervous about it. Um, but now, do these guys, these newer guys, do they, does it take some of the pressure off because they don't know who it is and they can't worry? Or are they just assuming everybody's Hera and they're just, you know, every every rock, every fake name could be a Viper, could be a Hera? I think it would take pressure off, personally. Which now, really is more disadvantageous for Hera and Viper. Yeah. Because they're losing their intimidation yeah, factor. Exactly. But, you know, I have to wonder if I'm facing Viper and I, you know, you, you look to see what server is the best for both of you. And I see, oh, that's the server Viper usually wants to play on. Mm -hmm. Do you instantly assume this player is Viper if they just they want to play on the European server? I don't know. It could fake you out in many ways. Or if you see the players on like the Argentinian server, oh, that must be, you know, must be Hera. And then you're playing with more fear. And in fact, you're against not Hera. You're, you're against someone weaker. So I don't know. The psychology is interesting. I hadn't thought about the psychology of it. Um, that would be a good case study. I wouldn't mind grabbing one of these guys who gets knocked out early and just seeing how that played out. I agree. You should have one on the podcast. Bring him on. Yeah, we'll do that. See, see what they were thinking. Uh, I've got Viper's cell, so I'll see if you can get me in contact with one of the uh, one of the players he beats. You know, another thing about this tournament is uh, I think for the first time we're starting to see non-land connected watch parties. What do you what do you think of those? I believe both you and I are attending one later this month or early next month, I suppose. Well, that was going to be a surprise for the audience. Thank you, Duke. Oh. Um, yeah, let's Did just not jump know it. that. Duke and I will be attending the Florida-based Hidden Cup watch party uh i kind of got my arm twisted wasn't gonna go but now i'm yeah, gonna make we, it we threatened them we threatened boxer if you guys are there uh stop in and say hi i might have some asap weekly merch uh and if you talk to me about the podcast i'll give you some stuff uh, we're still working out the details on that um but yes I'm excited for that. It's a pretty unique opportunity. T90's hosting. I kind of wish T90 was casting the games live from the venue. Um, I know that would be hard to set up, but um, and might even like degrade some of the quality. So, but it seems like he's going to be casting from his house, which is fairly close to the venue. We'll all be at the venue watching. Um, how how many tickets do? 500 600 something like that it's it's quite a large venue there's and, a uk uh, uk venue a uk watch party he set up 
that had 200 that tickets and they out. sold out immediately. Yeah. Um, still quite a few tickets for the U.S. watch party, though. Um, mm-hmm. There's also a watch party in Denver. Is that right? That Magnolia? I, yep. Denver, Colorado, our good friend Magnolia AOE is uh, is hosting it at a bar. So if you're in Denver, make sure to go. I think she uh, was looking just... at 25 bucks or something to a head to cover the running out the bar. Um, yep. So yeah, yep. those are all and... opportunities to get with the players and the community and, and meet us, which is important. Yeah. We're much cooler than anyone else there. So be sure to show up It all these age events have been such a great time and such an amazing experience that, uh, you definitely won't regret it. It'll be an amazing time. I do have one secret to put out there as we close out the show. Duke, I don't even know if you've heard this. Um, this is pretty hot. There's a rumor that an, a pathfinding improvement is coming to age quickly. Um, might even be available and might even be used for the the Hidden Cup finals. It's not even a rumor anymore. T90 announced it on a stream that he was involved in the testing. Today, Tato tweeted that he was involved in the testing, and that's why he didn't stream. That must have so been. So it is coming. I, th- I signed the NDA. The, the NDA must have cleared recently. Yeah. Because it yeah. was pretty um, hush hush. Moments before the podcast. Yeah. It was. I've done this for a while, I've been sitting on this, but yes. So. You heard it here first. Breaking news. Um, pathfinding is might be resolved. Duke, since you know so much about this, what are they saying about the testing? Are they happy with it? Are they... So T90 did say that it seems better and that he's happy it's coming out right before Hidden Cup. Apparently, it's been timed to coincide with Hidden Cup so that they would have better pathing going into that event. Uh, which clearly means that Microsoft is invested in the success of the tournaments, which is nice for the scene. Um, I th- he seemed optimistic, and and T ninety is you know usually a bit of a pessimist when it comes to these patches. So I'm I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic, but you know we've been we've been fooled before. Well, let's hope that it works out great. It should be a good tournament, regardless. Um, I'm looking forward to being in Florida. If any of you guys are going to be there, let me know on the discord. I'll keep an eye out for you, Duke. Any closing thoughts before we finish the show? Yeah. I was wondering if you could pass on Viper's phone number. I heard you talking to him there. I just had a thing or two to ask him and, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to get in touch. Yeah. Duke, when you, I'll ask when you, yeah. When you walk in these circles, it's really kind of a, it's a sacred oath, you know, you don't just hand right. stuff out, but, um, you know, maybe I'll, I'll let him know that you're interested and, uh, yeah, he'll yeah. probably ask who you are. I'll have to explain it, but yeah, maybe. he might know I'm, uh, we've, yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, I, it's I never come up in conversation. Monster. He's never mentioned you, honestly. Oh, but, are you sure? Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's- Good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, folks, thank you for listening. 
we will probably have one last episode before Hidden Cup. I might even record at Hidden Cup. Uh, we'll just see. We'll see how that goes. But I still, I still have a catchphrase. Um, good luck. Keep hitting the ladder. We'll see you guys later. Bye.